Hey, y'all. Welcome to Co-Parenting Past Chaos, a podcast that gives you a raw and unfiltered insight on marriage, divorce, the crazy adventures of co-parenting, and so much more with your hosts, April and Lauren. Not only are we best friends, we are also the wife and former wife of the same man. Join us each week as we take you on a journey inside our wild and chaotic lives and show you how we were able to forge and maintain a positive co-parenting relationship while collectively parenting a lot of kids with a few husbands. We're definitely not professionals and we'll probably get you into more trouble than you bargained for but what we do have is a sense of humor street smarts and a few decades of experience under our wife mom and divorcee bill this ain't your mama's podcast welcome to episode 151 of past chaos all the chaos all i mean this week was dear god chaos was its middle name Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, before we get started on in that chaos, I just wanted to tell you, in case I haven't told you this in a long time, you are my BFFFFFF. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking friend forever and ever and ever and ever. <laughs> I just felt like you really needed to know that. Thank okay. You. Okay. You. You're welcome. Um, yeah. So back to the chaos. What in the actual hell? I don't know what this week was, but it was something out of another realm. Let me just tell you. I'm not going to lie. I think you turned me on more this week than you have in a long time. That's <laughs> right, baby. That's right. And I'm not trying to be Mrs. Steal Your Girl, but I came home from soccer and you barge into my room like, here's what's going on this week. And you just laid it all out. All the kids were in trouble and it was like prison in wear, this house i wear the pants in this relationship you do and Try. i'm here for it it I'm was very good. very rarely does lauren come out of her like cool calm and collected stage but let me tell you when i do i can be very assertive and um aggressive when need be and this week there were four little miniature men that needed it <laughs> they did they did and it was so exhausting I wonder if their routine is just off and it's causing like a mental clarity lapse. I think so. And thank the heavens above that we only have one more week of this. Yeah, I don't know what I would do. I look at all these people that are posting the back to school picture of their kids and I'm I love them. I think they're so cute, but I'm jealous and envious inside because I know we don't have that. Us yet. North Carolinians were the last to start school. I'm like, come on, somebody throw us a bone. All right. So when Lauren and I started our podcast and blog, we prepared ourselves. Did we? The best we could. Did okay. Because, you know, we were entering the unknown, but we knew that we would need at times to be vulnerable and open up about sensitive subjects or private details of our lives. And then we landed a reality TV show. <laughs> and so Oops. what wasn't out there before, it really is now. <gasps> And I think Lauren tries to still fight the fact that people know her and recognize her and us, but she can't hide because she's been on national but I can try. TV, but you and you do, you too, you try really, really hard. Somehow you manage to keep your previous relationship out of the spotlight. And I wish I could say the same. Maybe part of me is just envious of that, but <laughs> oh, well. Maybe I'll live and learn through you. Lots of changes have happened in our lives lately. And last week, I guess we divulged a little and we went live this week on TikTok, Mm -hmm. which we haven't done in a very long time. Trying to update everybody and let them know where we're at a little. We kind of jumped the gun 
and told the now without going back and telling the then. Right. So the then. I mean, the well, then. and to be fair, we had talked about doing a breakup episode, which just, just I guess, touching on breakups in general and how hard right. breakups and divorces. And from you and I, we have plenty of experience. We, we know a few things about it. Yeah. Um, and this one was just one I wasn't. I don't even know if ready to talk about is the right phrase. Maybe I just didn't care to. But I do want to touch on breakups and heartbreak and divorce because it's a big part of why we are who we are today and why we do what we do. Exactly. You broke the news a a few months ago that you ended your two year long relationship, but you really have been quiet about those details. Like you just said, I think it was difficult during the first few weeks after the breakup, just because, I mean, it was a big part of your life and it was over and you were transitioning and just trying to figure out where do I go from here? What's going to happen? And that was part of the reason that you ended up moving in here with me. Yes. Because of the breakup. Mm -hmm. Now we get to go into detail and not just talk about that one. We'll talk about Breakups you know, in general. Breakups in general. But I, I just want you to imagine that like I'm Oprah and I'm going to interview you okay. today. And I know you've been taking a lot for the team lately. You know, I really have. And I mean, I really want you to know how much I appreciate it. And I'm sure <laughs> one day you will pay me back. I, I plan on it. Until then. I'll take it until then. Until then. This is going to be like a tell-all. I hope so. you know I'm writing down questions for the... Okay. Your turn. Okay, I'm ready. No, I'm not, but I will be by then. (gasps) So let's take it back to the beginning. What were you drawn to in that particular relationship? So when I first met the person that I ended up dating for two years, which everybody on here, obviously, that followed knew his name was Jake. I had already made a vow to myself that I wasn't going to date again. I had very much enjoyed being single for quite some time before I met him. And there was something different about him in many ways, but I think it was mostly the feeling of maybe like safety, which I had never really felt with any, any other partner. Um, I never felt safe and just kind of vanilla. And I was like, Oh, maybe this is what I've been missing after I've stepped out of all of these traumatic and very intense, honestly, some of them PTSD related, uh, relationships. It was like, Oh, this seems like a very safe person. And he was, And I think I just probably needed that for a time to have some calm. I didn't really want to be in a relationship, though. I don't really know how I still to this day. I'm like, how did I get caught up in two years of something so intense and serious when I I don't know? It just two years really flew by. First impressions and those closest to you gave him a thumbs down. And if I remember correctly... I think you tried to ghost him in the beginning. I did. I tried to ghost him in the beginning. I tried to break up with him probably three months into the relationship. And then again, six months into the relationship and really, really broke up a year into the relationship. Um, And it was like not working. And I don't know if it was. So that relationship for me was one of two things, right? It was a, it was safety. And then B, it was also a chance for me to explore like this new way of communicating that I had never been able to do before. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be. I'm going to do everything that I've never been able to do in other relationships. I'm going to try it here. I'm going to try to be very open and honest and overly communicative and fully myself and and really just speak, speak a lot of truth and be extremely honest. And so I was practicing this new 
form of myself and this new form of communication with someone, but it kept landing on, and I don't say this ironically, very deaf ears. (laughs) (laughs) You can't do that. I have to. I have to, because that's how exactly what it felt. And even like saying, you know, looking at another human being and saying, I don't want to be with you, or I am miserable with you, or I am not attracted to you. Saying something so in my head that sounds very direct when it's coming. Um, out. yeah, but it like it landed on nothing, and I sat there and I'm like, well, did I really s- communicate this thoroughly enough? Like, was I very black and white about this? You were doubting yeah. what you just said. Yeah, yeah. I know that your friends don't make decisions for you or family uh, when it comes to your relationships, but we have this really strange dynamic and we're super close sometimes probably too close even though your friends were skeptical you continued with the relationship why do you think I think during the beginning of that time I was going through a lot with you know you and I and the John situation and that relationship was almost an escape from this little world that I still was living in chaos and couldn't really figure out and he was like an escape to all of that Like I could get away for a little bit or I could vent for a little bit or I could just kind of compartmentalize, you know, this portion of my life and and try to be something else. Um, So I think that that's probably why I stayed and then just comfortability after a while. You were really clear from the start that you were not interested in marriage, Mm -hmm. but that boundary was pushed often. Mm -hmm. How do you think that played out in regards to the end of that relationship? It was a huge factor in that because for me, what I felt he was presenting with wanting me to get married or wanting to be so serious was a control. I don't, and I'm not saying he was being controlling, but for me in the past, that had been a very controlling aspect in my relationships. And so it was something I was afraid of. Like I didn't want to be controlled. And so when that was broached to me over and over and again, um, or kind of put pressure on me, I'm like, no, you're, you're doing the exact thing that makes me want to run. That doesn't make me feel safe anymore, which is pressuring me into a marriage and an an engagement, all this stuff. And that did not make me feel comfortable. I'll say this as your best friend, he reached out to me on multiple occasions basically asking for your hand in marriage because, Mm -hmm. you know, I think he knew that as close as we were, it was important for maybe me to be on board or for you to kind of have my blessing. I don't know. I knew your stance on marriage prior to being with him. And I felt like I understood your feelings. But as your best friend, I want to be supportive. I thought that you were in love with him, even though I just didn't feel it. There was just something that was missing. So I think what I don't want to try to make excuses or or defend the relationship and the breakup. But what I've come to terms with or what I've kind of gotten from everything in my life collectively is I, I look back on every relationship I've been in. This includes, you know, childhood relationships with family members and friends. And then you go into your adulthood and you join, you know, you get married and you're in other relationships. And every relationship I've ever had has just been so tense, right? Like there's always been something very controlling about it or abusive about it in in so many aspects. And this was the first time where I was like, oh, you know, this person is not physically hurting me, emotionally hurting me or sexually hurting me. 
so this must be what love feels like. Having never really felt like I knew what love or companionship or partnership was really supposed to look like, I was trying it on in all of these different places. And this was like the last like check in the box of places like, oh, could this be it maybe? Like this doesn't have all of these things on the list. So maybe this is finally the one. And I know you're supposed to tolerate some things and you're supposed to um, compromise on things. So Lauren, obviously it's not perfect, but like it's pretty close because he's not hurting you. So that's really, to me, the only thing that I can, I can look back and say why I managed to stay as long as I did or to fall in love in the way that I fell in love with this person Um, And here's the other thing, and I know you can relate to this, and so many women and probably men can as well, is I fell in love with the expectation I had of him and the potential. So I saw potential in this person, and that was the that was what I fell in love with, or that's what I love. It wasn't who he was with his flaws, right? Like it was still very um, toxic, but I fell in love with the potential. Like I could see beyond and I'm like, oh no, we're going to get there versus looking at what really was being shown to me. I, I saw the true colors. I should have believed the true colors instead of always thinking that you can, you know, get to that potential marker. If I had a dollar for every time mm-hmm. I felt that way or heard that, yeah. I'd be rich. You think it was because that relationship was so very different from others that it made you believe, okay, this is what it's supposed to look like. Yeah, absolutely. Until I started feeling very uncomfortable and it started manifesting itself in my body. Like I was crying a lot and not because he was abusive. Again, this was not an abusive situation at all, but I would cry myself to sleep. I would cry after sex. I had deep chest pains. I had more panic attacks during that relationship than I've had in past relationships. And I couldn't figure out why. I just thought, oh, this is life happening to me because I had a lot of other um, external things in my life going on. That well, I think were, we tend to blame a lot of things on getting kirked. Yes, <laughs> so true. it was like, oh, it's well, true. this has to be something going on in our, this poor, I, you're, you're constantly juggling, right? Constantly juggling relationships, kirkness, you know, career, motherhood, all these things. I lost my job. I mean, like there were so many things happening. The show had come out. Um, and I couldn't really pinpoint what those items were that were causing so much strain on me. But then as I started to sift through them, specifically in like the last six months of our relationship, I was officially tying it to like, oh, this is a competitive behavior. Oh, this is a jealousy behavior of him. Oh, this is an insecurity behavior of him. And then I was like, okay, now I'm seeing this full circle. And it got to a point where the only thing I think that he was in love with was the idea of just my presence, like just having a partner. I don't think he really knew me. Um, I don't think he ever really wanted to listen to me. I think he wanted to listen to what he wanted to hear. And I was never going to be the things that he wanted me to be. I think he probably, and I'm not trying to speak for him, but maybe felt the way you did. And he was in love with the idea of you. And he was in love with what you could have become for him. And this perfect little life that he was attempting to build to replace the one that he had previous to you. Absolutely. And I was the wrong girl. And he was the wrong man. He was the wrong species. Yeah. (laughs) Piggybacking on what I had said earlier about the marriage. I, as a friend, don't feel good about keeping my mouth shut. And I want to make a promise that I will never do that again. And I don't think if you have a best friend or very close friend or family member, 
it is important to just be honest with them about how you feel because now I can uh, of course go back and say, Oh, you know what? I didn't like this about him and this. Well, why didn't I say that then? Right. And I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that friend. I want to be able to come to you and say, when you're doing something that maybe, you know, you shouldn't, or isn't a good look on you. I should be comfortable enough. And we have an open relationship. You and I, our lines of communication are so good that we should be able to come and say, Hey, I'm seeing this in you and it's not good. I started noticing red flags in that relationship. And I think it's always easier from the outside looking in to see something. It's hard though, when you think that somebody you love as much as I love you, when I thought, Oh, she's happy. I don't want to ruin this for her. Yeah, but I wasn't happy. And everybody around me knew that. I mean, I remember three or four months into this relationship, Heather crawling in bed with me while I was crying. And again, this is not things that he did to me. It was just reactions that I was not supposed to be with this. It was the way you were feeling. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. I remember you going to Roy and talking about bawling my eyes. Right. On numerous occasions, in my opinion, saw a lot of jealousy and a desire to control you. And even if I wasn't your best friend, that is something that is like rule number one. Do not try to control this woman because she's uncontrollable. Yes. (laughs) And that is the most that I think that's the biggest turnoff for you. I was just going to say that it, it absolutely is because it shows an insecurity and I don't do well with people that are insecure in a relationship because I strive so hard to be and to make sure that my partner or my friends or my children are validated and affirmed constantly. Like there should be nothing in question. So for there to be insecurities that are then portrayed back onto me, it show it feels like I'm lacking in some way. And I think ultimately that's what that relationship did. It made me question everything about myself that I was working so hard on. It was almost as if he was using me as like a Lauren's on this healing journey. So I want to be on whatever journey she's on, but he was sucking that healing from me and soaking it up with himself. And he suffered from immense abandonment issues. And so that was projected so much into our relationship that anytime I felt like I wanted to leave the relationship, I was the bad guy for wanting to leave. Cause Oh, how could I ever abandon him? Well, what am I supposed to do? Like be miserable just to be a presence near you so that you can feel better. That's not how this works. That's not healthy for you or him. No. And it, and it very much became like that. I was sitting there just because he wanted me there and it was no longer a partnership. We didn't date. We didn't post about each other. We didn't have long talks. It was, it was a roommate situation. And that's how the last, especially like the last year to a six months felt. Everything was so robotic And I felt like I was in trouble at all the time. And I am not comfortable in that kind of environment. No. And it was definitely noticed. I was a miserable person to be around. Right. (laughs) I mean, and I'm completely honest about that. Yes. I want to always be honest with you. And I will tell you, and I told you when you were in the relationship, I'm not seeing the best of you. And if someone can't bring out the best in you, you don't need to be in a relationship with them. And I felt like... I was not bringing out the best in him either. So I wish and I hope someday he sees that, that he is the better version of himself without me because I'm a better version without him. There was never going to be a great version of each other if we had stayed together. I think the subject of John was probably a major source of contention. Oh, God, yes. And 
I wanted to see if you thought the same thing or did you ever think, okay, this is going to get better? What was your stance on it? I don't think I ever thought it was going to get better. Honestly, I think I probably just gave up on it. It was just always going to be a thing. I was going to hear the same thing over and over, which is fine. Like he was, you know, voicing his feelings on it. And I definitely wanted to validate that. But it it was going to be beaten like a dead horse. It was a hill he was willing to die on. And I, I get it. Like I have a very toxic and strained co-parenting slash, you know, baby daddy relationship with John. And I always probably will. And that's something that I can come to peace with. But a lot of people from the outside don't understand that. And I think too, and I'm, and I'm trying not to, to make this so like male, you know, oriented, but I think sometimes men tend to be a little bit more insecure with other males. And while he may not have been insecure in the sense that John was someone I was in love with or whatnot. He was insecure in the fact that I still gave John a certain amount of respect when he felt like it wasn't owed to him. And that's probably fair. Like John does not deserve a lot of my respect. I'll be completely honest. But that's also not someone else who's not in the situation. That's not their place to speak on. Exactly. I I do agree with you there. Again, as your best and closest friend, I did witness you. And I am not afraid to call you out and tell you when I think you're wrong. Always do. But I witnessed you give your all. I watched you change things about yourself just to reassure his insecurities. Do you regret doing that? Yes and no. I don't in the fact that it taught me a lot about myself. And I do think that maybe he needed that version of love to see that someone could could do those things. And maybe he learned something about himself through it. While it's not my finest hour, because I'm like, man, did I waste two years? I don't think I did. I think it served a purpose in my journey. I think that at the end of the day, I can say I had a relatively healthy relationship and learned a lot about myself in two years that I probably wouldn't have learned had I stayed where I was at, which was just being single and doing all these wild and probably immature, reckless things at times. So to to a sense, it it definitely brought me down to stability and commitment for the first time in my life. When do you think the relationship started to really decline? A year in, almost, almost exactly a year in. I want to say it was a little bit over a year and I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I knew it was wrong. I knew it was not right. And I very vocally voiced that right out. And I said, I can't do this anymore. Like, I I need you to go and I need you to let me go. And, you know, it's it sounds cliche, but, you know, of course, he's crying and begging, you know, please, please, I'll I'll try. I'll do different, which for me, coming from situations that have been like that, that's the last thing you want to hear. No, but if if it's reached that point, yeah, yeah, (laughs) it's not even worth it. It's not. And there were just a variety of things that started popping up more and more, like really intense red flags. Red flags that weren't there in the beginning started to show up after a year. And I almost felt like, am I the one that pushed him to do these things? Like, I am making him a horrible version. Why would he want to be with me? Like, if he's speaking to people like that and treating people like that and drinking in excess and just off the wall stuff, like, is that me? And I, I really gave myself probably too much power in that because my be- or his behavior should not in any way be a reflection of me. But it, it felt like that. 
And that's when I knew it was it was over. I could never look at him the same way. What would you say was the ultimate demise? If you had to pinpoint one thing, what was the demise of the relationship between the two of you? I would say we were sitting on the couch one night and I in my head knew that I had to have a conversation with him because I was getting to that point. And I looked him in the eyes and I said, I am miserable being with you. And I didn't say it in a mean way. I was just like, I'm not happy. I'm miserable. I don't want to do this anymore. And his exact words were, I'm, I'm done fighting you on it. I'm done trying to keep you. And that was, that was literally it. Like it was as simple as that. Like it was just a switch in my head that was like, if I don't say these words out loud right now, they will eat at me and they will continue to eat at me and I will continue to feel like shit. And I said them and he almost reaffirmed them back to me. And I was like that I knew in that moment there was no recovering. And from that point on, it was about a seven day period of separating our things and me moving out and um, kind of dividing all of our stuff, which was very, we were very um, civil about. And I went after that seven days, you know, I left my key in the mailbox and we have gone zero contact since. I noticed something throughout the relationship that I wonder if you ever did. It was almost like a competition. It was the competitiveness between you two. In the beginning, it was that he seemed very supportive of us, of you, of our situation, of your growth. Mm -hmm. And then throughout, as time went on, it just seemed like there was a bitterness Mm -hmm. of us and you and your growth. Do you think that same thing? All the time. Yes, it was. And I, I, I look back on it now and he was competitive in many, many ways. And I see it as an insecurity, which I had never fully experienced. I'm usually the insecure one, right? Like super envious of somebody else's life. And I'm like, damn, I'm really insecure about this. But in this case, roles were reversed and everything down to like my style, my where I'm from, like the amount of sons that I have and then my best friendship and and my friendship with your ex-husband, everything was a competition. And I think, well, I don't think I know that that is, oh, it was such a turnoff to me looking back. And even, even like halfway through the relationship, when I told him, I was like, I'm not attracted to you. Like I'm not into men. It was, it was a competition in the fact that he was like, well, as long as, you know, you can have a girlfriend, as long as you, you know, stay, stay with me. What kind of relationship is that? It was a constant. He had to one up the scenario just to keep me. And I I don't. Again, this is his journey, not mine. But that was where his mindset was at in our relationship. It's like you were an object, a prize. And he had to win you. That's all I felt like. You just said that the breakup itself was handled pretty well. It was a, a separation of your things and kind of walking away. Mm -hmm. So you do feel like it was handled in a mature manner. I absolutely do. Yes. Now I will say this is like the first breakup that I've had that I have gone zero contact like that. Um, I'm usually either remain friends with an ex or after some time there'll be some, you know, Hey, I'm cool now. I just want to reach out. I hope you're doing really well. And I've, I've always remained in touch with most of my exes. So this is the first one though, that there will absolutely be no relationship there ever. And I will continue to go zero contact. 
Why do you think that is? Because, it, you know, it wasn't a big blow up. There weren't any ill words said between the two of you. You two right now stand as no contact. You haven't spoken since you left the house that day that we moved your things. Why? I have no desire to talk to him. And I don't think he feel. I mean, I'm pretty sure he feels the same way. Our relationship served its purpose. And I don't see it serving anything further than that. I got a front row seat to the breakup and I know it was painful and I think it was not in the way people think it wasn't painful as in, Oh, I've lost this love of my life. It was number like I've wasted a lot of time and I should have done this sooner. And what was I thinking kind of thing has his behavior and I'm not going to bash by any means. That's not what this is about. But he's done some kind of petty things, in my opinion, throughout the last few months Mm -hmm. since the breakup. Has that behavior changed your mind about the type of of person you thought he was? It validated it. Oh. Yeah. It's like I knew all along. Um, It was just waiting to come out. And yeah, like, that's the thing. I've, I've, we've all been through breakups and man, that first one, your first breakup, right? It hurts the most, especially when it's them breaking up with you. God, your hair hurts, your eyelids hurt, Mm -hmm. like your whole body is just in a constant state of pain. Um, this was a different kind of heartbreak. It really was. I was breaking up with basically a fictitiousness, a ghost, you know, like a potential of someone. And I was really honestly That breakup was more of a breakup of myself. I was breaking up with an old version of myself Mm. that I had tried on and she was no longer and I knew she was no longer and it was very sad in a way because I was like, wow, I kind of was in something safe and I was like a good girlfriend and partner for the first time probably and now I'm breaking up with that and starting something like starting basically from scratch. Um, It was a lot of disappointment in myself for letting something go on as long as I had. And I really, truly, when I say this, I broke my own heart staying in that relationship. I was breaking my own heart staying there. I see that. I was in awe watching it all unfold, especially with you just washing your hands of it and going your separate ways. I'm not that person. I need to have answers. I have lots of questions. And you didn't. You just were done. And that was it. Was there not ever anything throughout that time that you thought, man, I just want to say this? No. Or never. if you ran into him, you wouldn't have Mm-mm. at all? No, not even a little. No. I mean, if I ran into him now, hey, how are you? Like, I, I have nothing ill towards him, but I also have no questions for anything. I can tell you that most everything I ever questioned that relationship, I already answered in my own head and I was somehow validated in it or reassured in it and or I figured it out. and. um I I have nothing. I have no questions at all. Do you think that relationship jaded you at all for your future in one way or the other? No, I do think that. I think it taught me how I don't want to be, which I did not like seeing myself as a miserable person. I feel bad for everyone that was around me or that I treated that way, including him. I I can tell you it taught me more about myself to soften myself, to be more patient with others and myself and to listen to my intuition. That is probably the biggest lesson that I learned from that relationship. When I started dating him, I started experiencing severe chest pains and I had about six panic attacks total. One, two of them sent me to the emergency room and I 
couldn't figure them out. Like I, I did, they were coming out of nowhere almost, but I had this intense chest pain and I kid you not the week that we broke up and I moved out, I haven't had a chest pain since. So my intuition, it's been heightened more and more the older I get and the more I search into it. But that relationship really taught me, Lauren, listen to your gut. Listen to it the first time. Stop trying to convince yourself of otherwise. He is a good person. I believe we're supposed to cross paths for a reason. But holding on to that for longer than necessary causes more damage. Sometimes the reason is to simply cross the path and then keep on. If you try to stay stagnant on that path, or try to veer off of it, that's when you hurt yourself. And that's when you hurt other people. And the thought of hurting other people to me is not something that sits well. And I still look back and I'm like, man, I was a real dick a lot of the time, not just with him, but with everybody around me. I don't like that. So you don't have any regrets about the time you spent in that relationship? No, I try not to regret it. I do look back on different times and I'm like, what was I thinking? Because you can't even put yourself back in that mindset. It's hard to rewind sometimes and be like, what was going on in my brain? But I think I was definitely still in a fight or flight and I was crawling my way out of into safety anywhere I could find it. And that just happened to be the landing pad. I wonder something and I've thought this Because this is how I imagine I would feel if I were in your shoes and I were single, but my ex had moved on. Do you think sometimes you wanted to be in another relationship just almost to mend some of the pain from the past? Yes. Yes. For sure. And I did a lot of that right after my divorce with John. A lot of it clung to anyone that gave me attention. And I took some time off for myself and I thought, okay, this will be healing. Now, now I'll meet the one. But again, I think I was searching for it and you shouldn't ever be searching for it. And when you're searching for it, that means you're like forcing it. Yes. And that was a forced. Yeah. I do believe that. I do believe that was a forced relationship. You shouldn't have to work that hard to find love between two people. It should be there. It should grow and manifest organically. It shouldn't be something that you constantly have to work so hard to keep, you know? Absolutely. And like every little thing, you know, I look, I look back on some of the things I'm like, Oh my God, I really had to convince myself to stay after that. Like, you know, Oh yeah. Walking in on certain things and you're like, I'm not even healed from that. I can't even look at this man the same way ever again. How could I ever, oh, let him touch me again? No. Like, yeah. Plus, it turns out I'm not even into men, which I did explain to him when we were together, even. Yeah, which is crazy. He was probably one of the first people I was very openly vocal about that with. And still. And still I stayed. And he still didn't get it. Nope. Well. In one ear and out the other. Turns out those ears were ornamental objects. They were after decorative. All. They were okay. decorative. Wow. Okay, y'all. Get in touch with us. We love to hear from our listeners. Send us topics that you'd like us to discuss. And if you want to learn more about us and hear all of our stories from the beginning of this chaos, check out our website, pastchaos.com. If you want a more personal insight into the craziness that is our lives, follow us on our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Also, don't forget that you can now stream season one of You, Me, and My Ex on Discovery+. Plus. So since we were talking about breakups, you seem to be pretty good at them. I am. I'm an okay, expert, you've had guys. a few. So I would say, yes, you're expert level. I have a question for you. 
when a guy approaches you at a bar and he's just not getting the hint that, you know, I, I'm not interested. And I tend to be so polite, you even though so nice. like I'm married, they can clearly see that when I go out, but they just don't get it. And they're very pushy. After several times of turning them down, how do you get your point across so that they finally get the hint? Well, now I just say I'm a lesbian. Well, okay. Well, we can't all say that. I've been doing that since I was probably 18. (gasps) I have done that for years. But I mean, I'm just really rude. Like if you're not going to, if, if I've said it one nice once and you haven't listened, I'm going to be rude about it or I'm going to, you know, wave down my favorite bartender um, of the evening and ask for assistance to like, please get this person to leave me alone. I don't understand that because I guess maybe I'm not a persistent person in that aspect. If someone is clearly not interested in me, I'm not going to keep going. If they, if I'm trying to break up with somebody, (laughs) men, (laughs) yeah. If I'm trying to break up with you, don't keep going. If you're trying to break up with me, I'm going to take the hint and just move on. But some people just don't get it. They just don't get it. And I think that's an ego thing. Oh, that's an ego thing. Their ego is in the way. They cannot take rejection well. Okay, well, I need to carry around a copy of she's just not that into you and just hold it up, maybe. Or no means no. Yeah, I'm going to make that shirt. Or I'm just going to use your line and say, hey, I'm a lesbian. lesbian. (laughs) (laughs) That's all the time we have for tonight. Thanks so much for listening and hanging out with us. If you'd like to find out more about the Kirks and our big blended family, visit our website at pastchaos.com. Make sure you don't miss out on any of this train wreck and chaos by hitting the subscribe button. If you really want to get personal, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Be sure to tune in every Sunday when we release new episodes. We would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to and review our podcast. And just so y'all know, we love Jesus, but we cuss a little. 